The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. This is Radio Wave Medjinomics with your host, a friend of Medjugorje. Back around 2005, I wanted to write about natural law. And so I studied it through prayer, looked at it through prayer, and began to think, how could I produce this down to two, three pages? And so I basically spent a month in a hotel to get it down to, to that kind of quantity to make it still simple because it's a little bit complex to understand. But in doing so, I found and stumbled on some other things while doing research on that and through prayer. And I don't say it was research. I'd say it was through prayer. And the book, Look What Happened While You're Sleeping, was born. It was born for the purpose of explaining natural law. What came out of it was a whole other subjects that built toward that. One of them was about the Cato Accords, Agenda 21, Smart Growth, on the Environment. And they put out something called the Cultural Spiritual Values of Biodiversity. And when you read it, they wanted you to, quote, 
in front of the book, it stays a statement that this book be treated with respect. That struck me like thunder. How could it be that any book, in the sense of something that's spiritual, be treated with respect, except there's an agenda with that, as in regards to what they felt it mean. And so we know radical environmentalism, what's happened to it. So I term this in my book, Look What Happened When You're Sleeping, the Bio-Bible, in regards to the spiritual values of biodiversity. What does an environment have to do with spiritual values of biodiversity? What's their agenda behind that? We're a radical environmental movement that was pushing forth their agenda for 20 years, and they couldn't make it. It was failing on all levels. How did they do it? They did it just like the feminists did it. Donna Steichen is someone I know personally. I hadn't talked to her in a long time. She came here. I read her book, Ungodly Rage. She infiltrated the feminist movement and documented all the meetings in this book that she wrote, Ungodly Rage. It's an amazing thing. After the 1970s, they had failed on every level for the Equal Rights Amendment, trying to get it into the Constitution. When I was a teenager, this was all the news, pushing for this agenda. And so, Steichen writes in a book, quote, only veterans of the failed Equal Rights Amendment drive talked about women's liberation anymore. Disillusionment resurgent, normalcy had derived Militant feminism from its charm of the general public. Geraldine Ferrero had proved to be a political disaster. Liberal Nora Ephron had ruefully admitted that women got nothing from the women's movement but the Dutch lunch. Young couples had started having babies again. Miss Magazine was lurching toward bankruptcy. When asked what the feminist movement could do to hope to accomplish a future, Betty Ferdinand told reporters, I can't tell you that right now, but you won't believe it anyway. It's theological. So in the 70s, the feminist movement died. They stumbled on something that I stumbled on that gave way to this growing to what it is today. Look what happened when I was sleeping, I wrote. To simply explain the complex scenario, what happened was when the feminist movement failed, they realized they did not have grassroots support to spread the agenda, but the Catholic Church did. That was their agenda. That was their plan. How were they going to do it? It continues, and that was the theological that Betty Fernand was speaking about. The feminists did not believe in the Catholic Church but many retain their membership as a camouflage while revolutionized within. Feminism. Feminism swept into the church, causing many orders of nuns to drastically decline. In 1955, there's 180,000 religious sisters in the United States. Today, there are 75,000, of which half are over the age 70. What does that tell you? Why they fall apart? Betty Ferdinand understood it. It's theological. What kind of teaching led to such a decline? Sister Dorothy Erlinger from the School of Sisters of Notre Dame reflected in a statement what many nuns were saying. We are part of the earth. 
we must work out our evolution into the beings we must become in harmony with the earth. So there flowed in the church women who are radical feminists. You have no other explanation why all the orders start falling apart. All of us, many have witnessed that. They begin to renounce their vows and their loyalty to the church, but they remain in the church for their feminist agenda. Steichen goes on and explains that they, they mixed ancient wisdom with Eastern monarchism, godless paganism, dubious native traditions, voodoo, witchcraft, and spirits of newly invented earth religions. These influences in the church did great harm and led to greater apostasies. And so we see this now all the way into our pulpits today. The residue of that, no mankind, say humankind, no more brothers just in the gospel when you read it, the readings. They add brothers and sisters. They add in this to the Bible. You can't do that. And now the reverse is saying sisters and brothers. We've spoken about this recently. So this radical feminist agenda actually was copied when the same thing was happening to the eco-movement. They were dying. They weren't making no progress. In the Bible, Bible, it strongly refers to emphasis of eco-feminism. You can look this up. It's not made up. And so what happened with the environmental movement is they had to figure out some kind of plan to surrogate and parasite off the church like the feminists did. A dead movement that was revived to the church itself and it veined out worldwide. And many of our problems are related to this. And so Agenda 21 comes along, the Bible comes along, and they're not going and making any progress. And so they realize what the Equal Rights Amendment did or is known back then as the ERA, that they should aim their sights on the Catholic Church to parasite their objectives. Look what happened when I was sleeping in the States. For 20 years, the environmental issues not only lost ground, but the movement itself weakened until five of the world's major faiths, initiated by the Ecoists, were invited to Assisi, Italy. How convenient. Why Assisi? Because a politically correct move choosing St. Francis's hometown with a plan to get the religious, active, and ecological work. Everything you're hearing today, everything that's going to environment, started with this point. Targeting the world's religions to parasite the objectives, the Bible Bible shows their intent to take the lead through the efforts of secular eco-influences by the title they used in describing the gathering of Sissy. They named it the greening of the world's religions. There's an agenda. I wrote this in 2006, published it in 2007. I was thinking and researching it in 2005. There was nobody talking about this. Nobody was talking about global warming. Nobody mentioned it. Nobody even knew what it was about. The book continues. The religious groups gathered in Assisi met with the environmental groups who orchestrated and put forth their eco-agenda. The aim of this religious eco-summit was to influence the major religions to come to terms with the facts that the environmental group was the good guys and the victims of Western Christian worldviews. 
and that their secular worldviews must be respected to counter the dominant thinking of Western Christian worldview, the Bio-Bible states, as an objected for the Sisi gathering. Quote, the alternative worldviews and ethics must be respected to counter current dominant, parentheses, biblical thinking. Pretty interesting. Especially in light of what's going on today in the news with the Pope's visit. I want to continue with this. In this book, those gathered from the different faiths were put on a guilt trip by beginning at the meeting by being blocked at the entrance of St. Francis Basilica in Assisi by Mayo Warrior, dressed in all his battle array. See, when they got an agenda, they're very good at it. They know what they need to do. They know where they need to go. Go to the saint who's of the earth. Birds landed on him. Animals loved him. We're too stupid to see what's happening. We're surrounded by the demons of Agenda 21, which is all related to the poor, third world countries. And the church has adopted it, not only adopted it, has embraced it and promotes it because they wanted that. I continue writing a book, dressed in all the battle array before any participants in this UN gathering, and of course this is from the United Nations, UN gathering were allowed to enter. Formal apologies had to be made by all the face for the crimes that were said to have been committed that brought the destructions of indigenous people of the third world. So as they passed this warrior, they had to say, I'm sorry. The bishops had to say that. The priests who went there had to say it. Forgive us for what we've done to you. Forgive us for Christmas, Christopher Columbus. He discovered America. When he saw it, you know what he did? He and his men prayed the Hail Holy Queen, Salve Regina. They came here to Christianize it. Christopher Columbus wrote in his diary, he felt driven by the Holy Spirit to be on the wind. Who's the wind? Our Lady. What was the three ships name? The name means Our Lady Paint Girl which was Guadalupe, which happened just after that. So the psychological moves continued once inside in which they went through more repentance and elaborate ceremonies and made a new alliance, all to the favor of the eco-agenda, in a grand scheme to hijack the face to please let us, as victims, use you as our megaphone. And now we've got the Holy Father visiting this country. I just heard a clip this morning say, in essence, that we have to do something about climate change. They're successful and we're not. They're clever and we're duped. It's amazing. Something that was written over a dec- almost a decade ago, really. And there was, no, there was no parallel to this book and releasing this for three to four years for anybody to start talking about it. And it was a reference book that people based it on, but they never referenced this because we'd speak about the Virgin Mary and the apparitions, and this is hokey pokey, so it loses credibility, but we hear people all the time using the materials. It's Our Lady who revealed this. I didn't go in to write this. I stumbled on it through the Holy Spirit. Let us use you as our megaphone. The Bible reported that the initiatives helped reach untold millions worldwide with a conservation message to religious channels. That is in the Spiritual Biodiversity book. I researched it. So the book, 
Look what happened while you're sleeping. It continues. Just as a feminist movement experienced a rebirth, once that became a parasite within the influential areas of the church, the UN Religious Summit achieved a major breakthrough for the eco-movement by the same means. Incredible. And we have all this going on, and people think, okay, the Pope says this. We only have to follow the Pope in faith and morals. This is not an issue that legitimately is faith and morals. They're putting it forth. The eco-movement did that. Godless people. Eco-feminism. Everybody needs now to go back and reread or read for the first time. Look what happened while you're sleeping. I think you can even download this book on meds.com, right? Yeah, I think you can. You could also go to... Uh, on, on the left-hand menu, Radio Wave, and the past shows, there's a button there. When you click on past shows, there's actually a button there that says, look what happened while you were sleeping. It's the entire audio book uh, divided up in all of his discs, including a special five-part series that you did in 2006, I believe it was, um, 2007, uh, that you did a, a five-part series about look what happened while you were sleeping. You had some special guests on the show, so even that is also there, too. You need to educate yourself. You need to understand what's being said. You need to understand what's happening in the church. Actually, this is a building of a schism. These things being put forth may bring a schism. That's why our lady's here. You think she's come without a reason? Her purpose is she foresaw this. She foresaw marriage and what was being done with it. And how we threw it away through negligence from the pulpits and the church not doing what it should have done and holding the lambs together, and being strong and setting up good structure in the family, how it works, which is in the book, How to Change Your Husband, ignoring it. And I did meet with Cardinal Emilio about the book to put this into his encyclical for Pope John Paul. He was interested. We spoke in Rome at his office with associates of his, and his associates were supposed to get back and say, okay, we'll look at this. Not a trace of that book got in there. You know, there'd be millions of marriages held together today had they put this in the encyclical. I don't care because I wrote it. That goes in the encyclical. The encyclical for the family. But it's the structure. It's the truth that always shows through our messages. And we have people testify to us by the thousands through the years that their divorce was canceled, that their marriage is healed, or they held it together. Even if it wasn't healed, they stayed together and stayed in a functional family instead of dysfunction. A lot of people be married today. And marriage wouldn't be given over to the reprobates today to redefine marriage as something that can't ever be if they'd adopted this. But I'm still comfortable that I'm writing for the future because the correction is going to come through the materials here that we wrote that Our Lady shown, just like look what happened while I was sleeping, was birthed through stumbling on things through the Holy Spirit, that now has manifested exactly their agenda back in 2005, 2004, that nobody even foresaw, and they even buried. You never hear anything about the Sissi Accord. You don't find that. That it's gone all the way to the top now. And we've got it as a, as a subject that's been spoken about that is a sin. There's nobody on earth who doesn't love the environment or the woods or nature. In California, there's a redwood forest. Many of you have probably been there. 
But when you go there, you're in awe. You can be an atheist. You can be a pagan. You can be an animal in human flesh. But there's a sign that says everything. That no one, and no matter how much disrespect, in other words, I'm I'm paraphrasing, no matter how beast of a person they may be, in other words, will not stand in front of these trees in awe of their majesty. And of course, you correlate to the Bible that there's no excuse for non-believers or for atheism because there's no realities that prove God's existence. You cannot stand in front of the redwood trees and not be moved deeply by it in your spirit, no matter how dead it is. But see, they turn this, because there's something religious about it, into a religion in and of itself. And now we've got the top spiritual leader of the world as their advocate and their megaphone. And I don't blame Francis. It's just a lack of discernment of how to handle the powers that be around you. When they did an encyclical, all the people was for this came to advise on it. Why I'm doing this and talking about this so much to you is that you won't be duped or you won't be swayed or you'll have the arguments within yourself to know where to stand. We've got tens of thousands of scientists, their names in the back, and climatologists, and all kind of fields related to global warming. In the back of this book, we printed them. Every name, every state. Get the book and go through it. It's not just a minority. This built after we started breaking, and during the time we were breaking this, and it was only in the scientific field that this was debunked. This is garbage. So what's its purpose? Its purpose is to penalize Western countries, which are civilized, which work, which have the free markets, to be taxed with money and send money to Africa and send money to third world countries and backward places. And in between, to make a lot of people rich on the tax credits and everything else given to it. So there's a big evil agenda behind this. And the Pope, to me, as a Catholic, is commander-in-chief. The military has Obama, and they really can't talk about him because that's the commander-in-chief. And I'm not putting Obama and the Pope in the same category in any shape, form, or fashion. I'm saying is he is my Pope. I understand his ways. I understand what he's doing, but he's duped. And I do not have to agree with him, nor do you. And you can't agree with him as a matter of conscience. If you look and read, look what happened while he's sleeping. You have to go back to this book. Refresh your memory if you already read it. We're uneducated people, and we have people that have so many agendas, so complex, that when you present it to the leaders, like Pope Francis, he buys into it. And he's buying into a lie. You won't, if you even are wondering if I'm right, you read, look what happened while I sleep, and you'll completely see it clearly. You've got to be doing homework. If you've got a job, a technical job, or one that takes, takes a certain sophistication of being advanced or keeping up on cue, they give you refresher courses. You must go back with what's happening in the church to dispel this and read, look what happened while you're sleeping from the 
beginning to the end. It's on audio. Get that if you don't want to read the book. It's more important now that this has been voiced by the devil by using a surrogate voice of God that we understand what's happening in the church because it's going to continue to split. I'm not in accord with the Pope on this in any way. And he's off base. He shouldn't even enter into it. And we have this so thing, this whole thing, because the, the countries is claiming to be poor want the money because they hadn't advanced in their industry like we have. And so we need to pay to the credits, the pollution credits. I forget what they call it in the book or what I wrote. So that they get monies by the billions and billions of dollars. And it's killing our nation. And it's killing our climate, actually. It's proven that the more man does in his activity and create carbon dioxide, that my background is in trees. I used to be a professional tree surgeon, licensed by the state. That the trees don't drink in oxygen, they drink in carbon. The more carbon in the air, the more flourishing is greenery, vegetables, gardens, pastures the cows eat grass from. The earth has built in it, and this is covered in look how you're sleeping, uh, a balancing act that as man populates, as man grows in the numbers, so do fires that he has to meet, whether it's industrial, pre-industrial revolution or now, that the more carbon dioxide is created actually causes more plant growth to flourish. Matching the growth to produce more grass for the cows, more milk for the people, more beef for the people. And by cutting this down, you're actually, for the, for the ratio of the population, harming the earth. So these emissions and restrictions are from the devil. This is science. I can explain to you very simply what science gives to you very complex because I dove into this for the book. I studied, I looked, I enriched myself in understanding in a simple way to explain something complex that anybody could understand it. You still doubt that? What do they call global warming? The greenhouse effect. And it's got a negative effect when you hear it on the news or read it. Oh, it's a negative, the greenhouse effect. Oh, no, no. What do you, what do you, what do people build greenhouses for? What happens inside a greenhouse? Good growth. Even the term is reversed in our mentalities to realize the positive things turn negative. Oh, the earth's going to turn into a greenhouse. That's beautiful. All this is a lie. I don't want to stay on this forever, but I want to cover this whole idea of this and then the economy, money. We hear the poor, the poor, the poor, the poor. You know who cried out that the most? Who was the first really who cried that out and God saw to it that it was put in the Bible? Judas. But the poor, but the poor, but the poor. You will always have the poor. And we have this whole socialist agenda in the church about the poor, which is harming the poor. Thomas Stowell, who's a black guy who writes about some of these things, uh, I read him, he's very good, very clever. He says, any serious look at the history of man over the millennia shows that man began in poverty. It is not poverty, but posterity that needs explaining. Poverty is automatic, but posterity requires many things, none of which is equal, equally distributed around the world or even given in society.
our nation is always criticized as being rich, flourishing. Why is that? Do you know Pope Francis, that his ideological notions that he's promoting right now is the very thing that destroyed Argentina's economy? I remember growing up, I remember going to young adulthood, that I repeatedly heard that Argentina was one of the powerhouses of the world economically. And what happened? The same philosophies that Francis and other people and the bishops in the church are putting forth about the poor destroyed Argentina. You don't hear that, do you? You don't read that in the news. You don't hear it explained that way. There's an economic historian that uh, Stowe wrote about, which is David S. Lands. He puts it this way, the world has never been a level playing field. But which has a better track record of helping the less fortunate? Fighting for a bigger slice of the economic pie or producing a bigger pie? That's what we do. The third world fights for the pie, what's left of it. The free market is just like a cave. Stalagmites, you see them growing if you've been in there. Some of them go all the way to the ground. Once that drip, hard sand and earth and crystallizes or whatever it does, the stalagmite, once it gets down, you'll see them six, seven, ten feet long hit the ground or unite to the ground. Once it touches, it starts growing and fills back in the whole cave. It may take eons for that to happen. But every void can eventually be filled this way. It fills in the cavity. The free market does the same thing. Where there's a void and there's a need, just like in a cave to support the roof system or it all starts caving in, it's built in nature. In the cave to do what it does with stagmites, it builds in nature into the free market that if somebody's got a need and they want to produce, they go make that little thing or invent this or make the fruit, food or, or come up with something. The free market is self-governing. And becomes not so when we regulate it with government. The free market is the best thing for the poor. They're poor because you don't have it. And so we have this mentality in the church, constantly criticizing that, or capitalism. And there's evil in capitalism. There's evil in the free market. But not near what it is in socialism. Not near what it is in communism. Totalitarian governments. Freedom to do what you can do and become rich means that rich people will hire people and build things and do things that makes a bigger pie for people in the middle class. Our people today below poverty in America in the third world countries are upper middle class. And all we hear in this country, let's give more to the poor. We're making more poor people by making them on welfare. We're making them slaves. Obama's done the best he could do to make a plantation of slaves by not giving the incentives to you go out and make your own product. I'll come up with your own idea. Now you can just stay home and get welfare. So we have a disease in the church economically. It's all related to sin. It's our fault. We're all going to be punished. Those who are walking with God, those who are doing what they're supposed to be doing, we need repentance if God will hear our prayer and heal our land, it comes first from us being on our knees. The church, the Catholic church, has always promoted the free market. 
It's only in recent decades that we've got a seminary trained core group of religious who do not have an understanding, who's been influenced by ecofeminism and feminism in the church, sissifying the church not to root out sin, to live and let live, that we find ourselves in this situation now. Frank? Yeah, we've gotten a lot of calls and emails lately with a lot of concern about the future and um, some anxiety. And some of the common thread is is a lack of action for, for whatever reason. It might be that the people around us just don't get it. We have a prayer group, but we, we just don't know, you know, where to go from here. And I think that uh, I've paid more attention to these ancient Jewish feasts this year than ever before, and particularly um, Yom, Yom Kippur, which was yesterday in this Day of Atonement. And I understand better than ever that our need for forgiveness and our need to extend forgiveness. And I think that if God the Father wants to wipe the slate clean, and He knows that a year's sins is more than we can carry, that the most important thing that we can do in our conversion is to extend this mercy to others, especially those in our home, our loved ones, and those that need our mercy and forgiveness. And I think this is a way to start in a new cycle, a new beginning, to move forward and do the things that we need to do. And our mission, although we can't give financial advice, we're not financial planners, is to help people with the need to get out of a system that's flawed, that's man-made, and uh, has nefarious purposes, and to get into a system that's of God, that's the miraculous metal, the most powerful sacramental for grace. And uh, this is an important action that if you haven't already taken, that... uh, that you should be taking and, and moving towards. And that's what we're here for. And, um, and you know, we're here to help you make the physical changes that you need to make in regards to your finances. Frank, if people needed to get in touch with you in regards to uh, the Miraculous Metal Medjugorje around, how might they do that? You can reach us toll-free, 877-936-7686. You can uh, email us at globalsilverinvestors at yahoo.com, and our website is globalsilverinvestors.com. And so we have to look today at why our lady said her messages. I've come to teach you how to discern truth. It's not that we just don't know truth. We don't even know how to discern it. When do we be obedient to the church and when do we all have to be obedient to the church? All this has been professed by Pope Francis does not have to be ascribed to. We can disagree with that vehemently, and I do. And I feel sorry for him because this current power has swayed him into thinking that it's going to give the church a big, big black eye in the future. Just like Galileo with the Pope back then 
and them condemning him for what his science was saying, that this is going to prove otherwise, because it's already there. No serious scientist subscribes to this. And so you have to be reading. You can't just be on your cell phones or going by to work and doing on your computer and just surfing and doing little superficial stuff. You have to get into the Word. And it's the Bible that's to be respected. And things about the Bible. Not a spiritual value of biodiversity, which is the bio-Bible for the eco-movement. And you commit a sacrilege if you don't respect that book. This is Satan's religion. This is what has happened. So I want to leave you with that, that you get a hold of a copy of Look What Happened When I Sleeping, download the audio. It's 12 hours. We have people come out all the time driving here. So I've been listening to Look What Happened When I Sleeping or listening to this book, audio. Or better yet, get the audio and the book and read it together. You can't afford it. We'll send it to you free. Our field angels fund us for that. But if you've got the means to do it, pay for somebody else's, then we might give those free. We're out of time. Father Pitar is seven, going on 70 years old right now. He's going to read the three secrets. And you need to be reading materials that will refresh you, even if you already read it, and bring you to more motivated action to discern truth. And so it is that our lady shows us something else right in our face that can be so in error. So don't misunderstand anything I'm saying in regards to the Holy Father. Even when he's in error, he still is the commander-in-chief. And he needs to be respected. We wish you a lady. We love you. Goodbye. The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. This ends the Metronomics show with a friend of Medjugorje. To order this show on CD, you can contact Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. Again, 205-672-2000. Thank you for listening.